Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to the Demand Gen Daily Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of the podcast. Last episode, we started talking about what's happening in the market with the recession and specifically talking about what you can do based on your cash position, whether you're cash strong or whether you're lacking in cash currently and how does that impact your tactics. So we're going to be going into a lot more elements of this. Today, we're going to be talking about metrics and KPIs. Nick's going to get us started. Yeah, so part two of the series of what to do given that the recession is coming up or it's, it's already been declared, but it's maybe getting worse, maybe it's getting better. How to go into it and how to come out of it better than you were before. Uh, so if you want to check out part one, please go back one episode and check that out. Metrics and KPIs, like really, we generally at Blue Meta talk about metrics and KPIs under the, these terms, which is actually their definition. KPI measures the probability that something will lead to a favorable metric, okay? While a metric measures money, right? So that distinction is really important. So what actually matters is metrics. KPIs is something that we use because we have to, because measuring metrics sometimes doesn't work that fast. And so it depends on the industry, right? So if you're in a position, for example, where, you know, you're an engineering company or you're like a B2B company where you have a three or six or 12 month sales cycle. So after a lead has been generated, you don't know if it's going to close for three to six months or more. You have to use KPIs. And I would argue to be nimble, even if your sales cycle is over 30 days, you should be using KPIs to determine how well you're doing. Now, that is under the conditions of you're trying to generate metrics. That's what you're trying to do. And in other situations, for example, like e-commerce, it's like you can use KPIs. Are they helpful? Yes. In certain aspects, like in terms of optimizing, is your CRO good enough? Is your conversion rate optimization good enough? Is, are the ads good enough? Things like this. And which ones? But ultimately, measuring metrics in real time is a lot easier in those industries. So when we get to why metrics matter more than KPIs is because every single marketer fundamentally actually knows that you can manipulate KPIs to make the KPI look better and it will not result Mm -hmm. in better metrics. Probably one of the easiest examples that I could give is if you are the very basic, like driving traffic to a website, any marketer will tell you that you can drive 10,000 visits, a million visits. It doesn't matter. Just because you have a million visitors doesn't mean you're going to make a sale. So very different. It can look fantastic, but is it actually doing you any favors? Exactly. And every marketer will say that it has to be the right traffic, but there's a distinction here. The right traffic will drive metrics. The wrong traffic will not drive metrics, right? So that's the whole point of this is KPIs can be manipulated to be better than they actually are. And what I mean by that is you will create the KPI, but the ensuing and expected metrics never occur. And that's why measuring the metrics matters always more than the KPIs, unless the KPIs are in lockstep with the metrics. And a lot of that has to do with intent and, and you know, how focused people are on doing the right things for the right reasons. 
So getting into the metrics maybe a bit here, there's a couple core ones that we use on a daily basis as much as we possibly can. So in our previous series, we talked about lifetime value versus customer acquisition cost and how it's the primary pillar. So it's going to be no surprise if you've listened to that series. And if you haven't, please go check it out. It's a five-parter, really good stuff that will help you understand your business better. Lifetime value, customer acquisition cost. And the third one that rounds out that as the trifecta, customer acquisition cost payback period. Very important. Like how long does it take to pay back the acquisition cost in months or in number of purchases for that new customer. Mm-hmm. Fourth one that is also very useful, that is widely known, ROAS, so return on ad spend, right? So this is where, based on current market, you're seeing people struggle using ROAS a bit more. This is where we've talked about in the past People that ran their entire businesses off of ROAS are now having trouble because they don't have that customer lifetime value. Like they don't have that LTV. And these are the businesses that were basically printing money before because they were using Facebook. This is before iOS 14. Yes, Facebook still works great for a lot of reasons, but some businesses just aren't sustainable in the current market. And this is where you're seeing people's ROAS really dip down to very low numbers. So... ROAS does matter. It's still a metric because at the end of the day, it measures money, right? So it is a metric, but it is probably not the most important metric because it really depends. Are your customers buying from you only once? If they're only buying once from you, if ROAS is a fantastic metric, but if they're buying multiple times from you, it becomes less and less useful because if you have a ROAS of five, and 5x and people are purchasing from you 12 times a year it's how useful is that at Mm -hmm. measuring how good that is versus where you've heard about el roas it's been thrown around if you it's not really it hasn't really taken hold yet it's been thrown around but really it's just lifetime value is what they're talking i was gonna say people use el roas so like lifetime roas right so some people are trying to use this because they don't want to be accountable to the contribution so the difference between El Roas and lifetime value is under con- under customer lifetime value, you take gross margin and multiply by the top line revenue. So for example, like if something costs 20 cents and it's a dollar, you're selling it for a dollar, you only count 80 cents, not the dollar. So El Roas tries to get rid of that 20 cents of cost that bog it down there's no point in doing so. So you, you're better off moving into that lifetime value model again. So ROAS matters because like you're looking at industry benchmarks. It's very useful that way. It's like, are you being the market? Are you not being the market? If your products are similar to the rest of the market, like super useful. However, if your business model is different from theirs, it stops being as useful. And this is where lifetime value like really starts kicking So to go over it, I mean, if you want to learn more about lifetime value, customer acquisition costs, please check out our series on that. The five partners is fantastic. Talking about ROAS recently, Ricky, Mm -hmm. what have we seen given the recession? Where do you think it's going? Yeah. If you're going back six months, a year, two years, ROAS really hit a peak 
a while ago, right? And we're talking like two years ago. This was before iOS 14 was rolled out fully. And as I was saying, it was just a license to print money at that point for a lot of businesses. You didn't need a brand. You didn't need a proper funnel. You could just get that initial sale and make a really hefty sum. Since then, ROA has been trending down. At this point, it's leveled. And people have figured out that for um, most industries, like since iOS 14, costs have gone up, but they've leveled out at this point. As far as basically they, they were really good, really strong ROAS, it's come down. We have certain clients where we're still seeing 30x, 40x ROAS. That's not common for us. Common would be like in the five to 10 range for a lot of the clients. You still have some uh, enormous ROAS in some cases, but I can tell you for the most part, this is based on the business model more than it is the specific marketing piece because you have very specific businesses where their model lends very well to being advertised in that space. And so they're getting those outstanding ROAS. You do need to take a look at your model and make sure that it's working for those direct sales. But as far as ROAS overall, costs are definitely, it could be, you could be seeing them go back up. The thing is there's going to be less demand in the market. If people are retracting based on the recession, if they're going to be more careful with their spending, there's going to be less demand overall. So this is an opportunity actually for you to get in and take advantage of that. Now, we're not going to see the full impact of that probably for still a couple of months, but it's something definitely to be planning towards. But the other thing I'll say is that it will be much more competitive in the next um, couple months here leading up to Black Friday and Christmas. Costs always go up during those periods. So something to factor in. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in January because we're going to be basically into the recession and we're going to be dealing with the lowest costs that we've seen in a while because after the holiday period, costs always decrease in, in that early January, February. So it's going to be very interesting. And I'd say planning for those periods right now makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of what's coming. Excellent. So to recap really quickly, if you're already measuring ROAS, that's fantastic. Start measuring lifetime value and go figure out your customer acquisition cost. We're always open here to questions. If you want to send us some questions about like how to measure lifetime value, how to measure customer acquisition cost, just hit us up, send us an email and we'll get back to you. Um, In the meantime, though, please subscribe, follow, give us your email so that you can get our newsletter and till next time. 